Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm George Lizos, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. It wasn't long ago that I was stuck in a soul-draining job held back by fears and limiting beliefs that stopped me from following my purpose and making a positive impact in the world. Fast forward past many hours of inner work and lessons learned, I now write books and teach courses to help you find and follow your purpose too. I created the Lit Up Lightworker podcast to empower you with simple, actionable, step-by-step spiritual tools and practices to overcome what holds you back and light up the world. If you're a spiritual seeker yearning for a more soulful and purposeful life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. 
Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the LitHub Lightworker podcast. Before we get started, let me remind you that my third book, Protect Your Light, a practical guide to energy protection, cleansing and cutting cords, is now available to order globally on Amazon. In the book, you learn powerful practices to cleanse, shield and strengthen your energy. Specifically, you get to cut cords to toxic relationships, remove psychic daggers of attack and other negative energy attachments, and even learn how to effectively protect your energy online. When you order the book, you also get the Psychic Scanning Online Workshop for free, during which I'll guide you to turn on your psychic vision and scan your body for all types of energy attack so you can clear them. And you can visit protectyourlightbook.com to get all the details. Also, be sure to download one of my free guides in the description of this episode that will guide your spiritual journey. You'll find guides on finding your purpose, developing your intuition, and protecting your energy. And lastly, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe and leave me a five-star review. That's going to be so helpful in letting others discover it too. In today's episode, we're talking all about radical self-love. And let me start with a question, since it's the first episode of January 2023, what will be your theme for the new year? You see, every January, I choose one word that I want to embody in the new year. I think of it as an all-encompassing intention, or like the baseline energy that I want to cultivate in the new year. In 2022, my word was integration, because I wanted to integrate all sides of me in the year and not just solely focus on one life area. And as a result, I started and finished a master's degree in psychology. I got into drama school that I'm in right now. I spent more time making ceramics. I published my book, Protect Your Light. And I spent an entire month practicing my Spanish in Spain. I mean, I call this a mission accomplished. In 2023, my word of the year will be blossom. Having integrated my various interests, it's time to let them grow and bloom. Now, what will your word of the year be? If you know it, come to Instagram at George Lizos and let me know what it is. Send me a DM. But if you're not 100% sure yet, I have something that can help. If there's anything that will help you get to the heart of your desires, that's self-love. I define self-love as the realization that you're made out of love and the practices you take to embody that. Now, self-love is not just about taking bubble baths and buying yourself flowers, although these are excellent ideas, which reminds me, I need to place my monthly roses order. <laughs> self-love is about making self-loving choices in all areas of your life, which is often easier said than done, right? Now, in this episode of the podcast, I talk with Rosie Acosta, who is the author of You Are Radically Loved. In the episode, Rosie and I talk about the heart of self-love and share powerful practices that you can use to love every part of you and your life. Specifically, in the episode, you learn how to follow your path even if your family doesn't agree with you, how to anchor yourself in times of uncertainty, how to feel your emotions without getting trapped in them, and the surprising benefits of yoga and meditation in healing trauma. When you're done listening to the episode, make sure to come within your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group 
and let us know how you enjoyed it. Enjoy this episode with Rosie Acosta. Rosie Acosta has studied yoga and mindfulness for more than 20 years and taught for over a decade. She hosts a weekly conversational wellness podcast called Radically Loved. Rosie has traveled all over the world leading workshops, retreats, and yoga teaching trainings. She works with a wide range of students from those in her East Los Angeles community to Olympic athletes, NFL champions, NBA all-stars, and veterans of war. A first-generation Mexican-American, Rosie's mission is to help others overcome adversity and experience radical love. She's been featured in Yoga Journal, Well and Good, Forbes, and the New York Post. Rosie, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Wow, George, that was a quite an introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk about your new book. You are radically loved. I love the purpose. I love the journey that you're guiding people to heal different aspects of their life through the lens and the practice of self-love, which I feel is so important. And what I love about the book is that you don't keep it superficial. It's not about bubble baths and like doing like all of that, that it's important, but again, it stays into the surface. You go deep and you go deep and dark into the parts of our shadow, healing fears, healing limiting beliefs. And I'm so excited to chat about it all. But before we get into that, I want to hear a little bit about your story to getting to the point of writing You Are Radically Loved. Yeah, well, and thank you so much for having me on and for reaching out. Like, I just love everything you do. I love what you stand for. You've got such great energy. And I always like to find those kindred spirits in our wellness space. So I'm I'm really excited to be here. Um, and thank you so much again, just for having me on talk about my book that it's been my life's work. You know, I was telling one of my friends, because she was asking me, like, well, how do you feel about the book writing process and i said i feel like i put every i well what i wanted to do was every put every smart thing i've ever said into like one place <laughs> so when i hear people that have like you multiple books i'm like how did you do that that to me i feel like i put everything in this book and yeah so as you said i i definitely have had a very interesting life and i my it wasn't always as uh glamorous as some people may seem I, I grew up in a really rough part of la during a very chaotic time in la history it was um i grew up in east la there were there was gang violence and um you know domestic violence it just was a very chaotic experience and by the time i was a teenager i was suffering from ptsd and and living with that trauma and experiencing drive-by shootings and physical violence it, it just was really intense and what i find the most noteworthy of having that experience was that it wasn't noteworthy and it didn't feel noteworthy because everybody else and everybody else i knew was experiencing the same things it wasn't like oh I have a special unique circumstance. It was the circumstance of every other person that was growing up in my environment. So by the time I was a teenager, I was getting in trouble with the law. I had been arrested a couple of times and finally I got faced with this decision that I needed to make. It was either I was going to go to jail or I was going to change my life. And it was in that time suffering from debilitating panic attacks from having PTSD, having agoraphobia, 
having the beginnings of what would later manifest itself as an eating disorder, I needed to find something to get me back to the core of who I was. And I found yoga and meditation during this time. A friend of my mom's had had her forays into the world of meditation and she had told my mom about how meditation could potentially help and it would maybe ease my mind, it would create less stress. And I was introduced to these practices by um, the Self-Realization Fellowship, um, SRF. Uh, So those of you who are familiar with Paramahansa Yogananda, he's like an old Indian guru who came to the West in the early 30s and founded these fellowship centers. Uh, The means was to incorporate his teachings of how ancient yogic teachings on how to live a life, a more joyful life, more abundant life. And I just was so into anything new age because I was a recovering Catholic and I didn't have a spiritual practice and this came at the perfect moment. It, It was having that experience that really opened my eyes and my mind to what is possible to this other world this this world where i could actually feel whole this this world where i could actually feel like i was in my life not of my life and i started to see changes in my life i started meditating i started to learn about buddhism i started to learn about yoga philosophy i started practicing yoga and the more time went on, the more embodied in my life I became. And I just saw the difference in living a life with my focus on health and what health meant. And I wanted to learn why this worked so well for me. I wanted to learn different ways to bring these practices to people like the people I grew up with, uh, like people in underprivileged communities. I wanted to teach about health. And so my journey just continued. I had different careers during this time, one of which was uh, as an assistant to a personal trainer and who's a famous celebrity personal trainer. And I just realized that at this point, it had been 10 years and I had been living my life for other people. So it was like I went from being in the state of living in trauma and being in this really chaotic place in my life to awakening and learning who I was, learning about what the purpose of life was and becoming more integrated into this world to then going straight into my addictive patterning of being a workaholic and just focusing on validation from other people and wanting to do good, wanting the approval of approval of others to that next paradigm for me that was beginning something on my own, starting my own business or learning how I was going to make a living teaching these practices. And so very much like what you you were saying how, about your journey, how you started, um, I I just took took a, you know, took a leap of faith. I needed to start building my own platform. I needed to start building my student base. And I started one student at a time, like hustling, running around Hollywood, handing out flyers for like free yoga classes and teaching consistently to like sometimes zero students, like just showing up day after day for for a handful of years until it started to actually take off. And 
um, after it started to take off, it, it seemed like it just really took off. It, it, it's almost like one day I had two students and then the next day there was like 30, 35 people coming to my classes. And I think more of it had to do with my consistency. And it was during this time I was toying with creating a sort of an umbrella that was going to encompass everything that I stood for, my ethos that covered all of the areas of wellness that I really love, the mo the mind, body, and spirit component. And that's how Radically Loved was born. And then from that, the podcast and then the book idea came. And now here we are talking to you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow, I love that journey. There are two points especially that I want to touch on a little bit. You talked about growing up in a Catholic family and then shifting into new age and just making a transition and exploring spirituality, which has been my experience as well growing up Orthodox Christian in a very small yeah. community and having to break out of that and, and explore. And I hear this a lot from a lot of spiritual people, from a lot of light workers, having this guilt, this Catholic guilt, this Christian guilt yes. of their old past controlling them how do you navigate that when you're first starting out and how do you ensure that you're still loving your family and communicating with them but at the same time you're also honoring your own spiritual journey yeah that's such a great question and and a question that i feel like a lot of people like you said grapple with how do we deal with having those feelings and I think really it has to do with having compassion towards yourself and allowing yourself to have the, those feelings, whatever comes up for you. I think there is an indoctrination that happens to people that grow up like us. I mean, there is this conditioning that has been embedded in you since you were a child. So in a way, it's it's almost like having this recognition of you've grown up with this family your entire life and then all of a sudden you're told that this is not your family it's it's really hard i mean it really is difficult and I, i'm comparing religion or beliefs to that because i feel like it is that jarring for some people it's like everything you believed has been broken and what are you meant to believe now and there's this quote that I don't actually remember. I don't know if it made it into the book or not. I have no idea, but it was in the original manuscript where I say, if you, those who believe, those who don't believe in anything will believe everything. And so I think for me, when you're talking about navigating this 
this obstacle, I think about that because a lot of the times people give up, right? And they just, they have this experience with religion that might be un unsavory or they might not have good feelings towards it. And then they just decide to move on in a way of just not having a practice. And, and to me, that's an, that's an insidious way of being, not, not to be an atheist or anything like that. I mean, I think people do what they do, but I feel like if you're in that, you have that disposition, it can be a very dangerous place to be if you, if you don't believe in something. And so the invitation for me has always been, what is that higher self for you? What is that higher power? What does it mean to be a light worker? What does it mean to have that conduit of energy like what do you believe what do you believe in your heart what do you know to be true so it's a process of self-inquiry to me the biggest the biggest journey that we have to take on our spiritual quest is to have that sense of discernment and autonomy we have to be able to have that confidence to navigate in a way where we can trust ourselves i think it's a matter of not trusting ourselves because if we fully trust ourselves to guide ourselves through a different way of being or to learn a new modality then we we don't have those feelings those shame the the feeling of shame and guilt may come in and out but it's not ever present you know i know a lot of people that have it as such an anchor because like you said going back to your point they have family members or people in their lives that are of that belief system and so how do you say okay yeah but i don't believe in that but i love you but i don't believe in what you believe in and they're in fear that like i'm going to hell because of what i believe in and then i'm in fear for them because they're like believing this thing that's not true or whatever it is and i have to go back to acceptance and compassion and and having there be space for two people to believe in different things you know ultimately for us we're going to believe that we're right and that our way of being is the right way of being but they are also going to feel the same about them so how can how can you put yourself in their position number one how can you have more compassion for them and their desire for less suffering um you know they take their medicine in whatever spiritual form that comes and so do you and in a sense when you reject what they're saying you're saying your medicine is not real and the same thing when they say the thing to you however for yourself if you're anchored in that sense of grounded knowing that autonomy you know how to discern then you know that for you, whether they believe the medicine is real or not, it works for you. And ultimately, that's what matters. It's like, who cares what, I, I definitely know that this made it into the book. It's like, you don't have to dissect what works sometimes. I think for a, a lot of us spiritual people or light workers or, or anybody that's in this, this sort of healing space, we like to dissect and we want to know why something works and we want to understand it at a deep level because we're deep people. But sometimes we don't have to go there. It, something works, just it works, period. You know, it's, it's not harming anybody. It's not causing anybody any grief other than the person that thinks that your medicine is not real. Um, 
then you can have compassion for them and, and move on. And realizing that people have their own paths and this is our path, this is their path and it is what it is. And um, yeah, I think I want to go back to something you said in, in chapter number three because it's very connected to what we're just talking about. It's called radically powerful and you're saying we like straight lines. That's a radical truth there. We like straight lines because we can see what's ahead of us. The unknown can be scary which is the same. It can be applied to so many things in life, including with the relationship that we have with our family members, not accepting us or feeling like this disconnect and not knowing what the future holds, but also with every single thing in life, with our life purpose, with our relationships. So how do we find a sense of certainty within the uncertainty of life? Yeah, that's such a great question. We can't. I mean, we, we really can't. And that the, the only thing you could know for certain is that you'll never know for certain. I mean, that's if you want a truth yeah. to latch on to or to anchor in, know that. And, and that's okay. All we have is our own ability to support ourselves when we're in those moments. You can give yourself the security. You can give yourself the support. You can show up for yourself. You can move your body when you feel stuck. You can journal when you're feeling some type of way. You can pray when you feel like you need some fulfillment. There are certain things that you can do in order to get that anchoring, but also having a community is important. Sometimes we need the support of others. We need somebody else's ear. We need somebody else's words. We need to have that tribal community to help us when we are in those moments of uncertainty. But I mean, the moments of uncertainty are guaranteed, just like change is, you know, impermanence is a real thing. And I'm such, I'm like forever the optimist, but I'm also forever the realist. The reason why I am so optimistic is because at my core, I'm pessimistic. So for me, I have to, yeah. people think that I'm like, oh, super hopeful, like really loving, open-hearted person. And I'm very authentic and real. I mean, these are words that I hear all the time, right? Which are very nice. And I'm definitely honored when anybody says that about me. But me at my core, I am a pessimistic, fear-based, traumatized person that I can get into that really negative state. And I say it in the book, and I say it all the time, like you, you teach what you need to learn. And yeah. so for me, having these practices, teaching these practices allows me the capability to anchor within myself and know, okay, I have the tools to get to where I need to go. Yes. And I feel like accepting that, accepting mm -hmm. that this is the way things are that uncertainty is just a part of life or yes. like my default state is pessimism and therefore I can do something about it. I think acceptance is a powerful tool that we can use for healing and feeling our emotions is a way of navigating and, and landing into that acceptance, which brings me to the message in chapter number eight, radically honest. The radical truth there is what is not expressed is depressed, which is such a beautiful way to phrase it. So can we talk a little bit about 
the importance of feeling our emotions and expressing them. You talked about journaling earlier because I feel like in the spiritual industry, we're like over-spiritualizing things. Whenever something negative happens, we're like, oh, we use a positive affirmation, pull a crystal out, spray ourselves with an aura spray, take like essential oils and we're like, okay, like gone. But yeah. is it? <laughs> no, of course not. It's like, there's only so much of that you can do. And look, I'm into all of those things too. I mean, don't Me even, too. I've got the crystal back and we've got the crystals. I've got the salt lamp. Like I I'm into all of that, but at the same time, I'm very practical and I'm, I want to, I know that I I've been in therapy most of my life at this point. And so I understand that there are certain feelings that need to be expressed. I was very emotionally constipated for the first quarter of my life and I didn't, even though I understood why I felt the way I felt, I, I was more obsessed with understanding the history and learning about, you know, the somatic response of my body from experiencing drive-by shootings and seeing physical altercation, you know, I feeling physically unsafe. I wanted to understand it, but I still wasn't doing the work to express it. Uh -huh. It was very much like intellectually learning what was wrong, made me feel more powerful in the sense of educating myself and having the knowledge to have a conversation with somebody else. However, the physical expression of it, I'd never allowed myself to have the physical expression, meaning writing out how I felt having like a stream of consciousness or moving my body in a form of expressing things that were stuck as opposed to I'm punishing my body because my body's a machine and I need to work out and sweat because I want to look a certain way as opposed to I want to move my body because it makes me feel good and I want the endorphins running through my system. I need to have that experience. So what is not expressed is depressed. It goes somewhere. So all of those pent up feelings and emotions, anger, resentment, fear, they go somewhere in your body. They get stored in a place in your subconscious mind that have a way of expressing them themselves. So they'll come out in addictive behaviors. They'll come out in certain triggers that all of a sudden you explode and you have no idea where that came from. I mean, there's so many ways. And I think a way to, I don't want to say circumvent that, but a way to navigate that is for me has always been to write about it, to write how I'm feeling about something, to do a little digging. I'm a big fan of Byron Katie too. I always like to the way myself you know I, I like to ask myself if something how how does it make me feel if it's true and then who am i without that belief and then turn it around you know so i'm very much into that way of expressing my feelings or learning different ways if something's very intense to navigate it but yeah i mean that that's a bit i mean do you journal do you enjoy journaling like how every do you express day. your feelings every single day i think it's so important i mean yoga exercise eft um any practice that allows me to move energy through my body whether it's physical or energetic or mental or emotional or spiritual does the trick and i think that's uh, something 
important that you just talked about when you were you were referring back to the trauma that you experienced in your childhood is how the mind and the emotions sometimes are not on the same page because intellectually you're you were understanding while you were going through certain experiences and while your body was somatically reacting in certain ways but emotionally and physically you were not there and something that i liked that you did in the book is that you divided it into mind body spirit because you've realized from your journey in dealing with trauma and, and, and healing that is that you have to approach every single uh, aspect of, of the self to really experience healing. I'm currently doing my master's in psychology and I'm reading a lot about trauma therapy. Uh, that's like a huge passion of mine is I trauma therapy. I love that. And I do like some eye movement therapy that helps with PTSD. And mm-hmm. I was had to write a paper about... Um, the best ways to heal PTSD. And yoga and meditation were not suggested as the best ways only because it's so hard to quantify the results. And there are so many different practices and there are no standardized practices. So there are other techniques that, for example, are used in the mainstream. And yet we have such powerful tools in the spiritual mind-body community, such as yoga and mindfulness, that you're a living proof that they work when it comes to, to, to healing trauma, yeah. but are not getting the spotlight that they need. Which yeah. brings, yes, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 yeah, but also, for sure, I mean, it definitely helped. I don't wanna say it cured me, but it, it was, they were great tools, yes, but I also did start. a lot of, I love EFT. I I've been doing EMDR therapy for many yes. years. Like, yeah. So I'm really somatic experiencing. I've done full on 200 hour teacher trainings on, uh, uh, learning how to teach yoga with people that have had trauma, somatic experiencing, um, how trauma lives in the body and how to use movement. Like, so I've done a lot of this work, but I, I love what you're saying. And I'm so interested, like, I'd love to chat more with you when you're on my podcast, uh, about this, because I'm, I mean, it, the fact that you are a spiritual teacher and you're doing your, your studies in the world of psychology, I'm like, man, this is going to be such a beautiful combination. I wish more practitioners and more like people, students, uh, doctors of psychotherapy would, would do this type, have the sort of balance of both, you know, I appreciate that. You know what, how it happened? Cause I, a lot of the work I do is psychic clearing sessions. So I psychically scan people's energy and identify all the trauma and the blocks as energy blocks. And then naturally, as I was scanning people and I was doing this work, a lot of traumatic experiences were coming up for people. So I sought for tools to be able to help yes. uh, my clients. So I trained an IEMT, which is similar to EMDR. So I use that. And then also I took it a step further by actually doing a master's in psychology training in trauma therapy, learning how it works so that I have a clinical perspective when someone comes to me. I, so I know how to support them ethically from both a psychic perspective and a psychological perspective. Yeah. But something that we're talking about right now that I think is so important that you mentioned in the book is the importance of community. We talked about this earlier and also the importance of having a mentor. And I'm really um, thinking about this, uh, how you phrased it in chapter nine, radically engaged. You said, inquire within, engage with others. My question here is how do we avoid isolating ourselves? 
when it comes to following our spiritual journey. Because a lot of the times we're in the spiritual closet, at least that was my experience for years, just doing all my magic in my little room <laughs> with my wands and my crystals. And, <laughs> and then eventually I realized, you know what, why am I like, going through this by myself? Why am I not getting a mentor to support me? Why am I not getting a community that supports me? So how do we start becoming more confident and comfortable around allowing ourselves to feel supported? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a matter of just having the ability of being honest with yourself. You know, I feel like these moments are very much an expansion and a retraction. And, and I think that that's okay. You know, I think we've all had those moments of isolation, especially when we're embarking on the spiritual. I mean, I know I, I write about it, especially going through it with having a partner for so many years and being on the path and having him not be on the path and what that was like for me and having to accept that experience and learning different ways to navigate feeling isolated and I do think that sometimes we do have to have that isolation period. We need to go in, you mm. know, that the journey of going in that into that internal quest is you alone. It's just you in there living in your head. You know, there's nobody else. Well, for some people, it might be others, but I, I don't know. I think at that point, you guys can talk to George once he's done with his studies and that might be a separate thing. But it, we do go into this retraction, but I feel like it moves in cycles and then we're ready to expand we find those like-minded people that are willing to support us in our journey. But I, I, I've always been a big fan of maintaining a balance, having, having it be a balance of, I can have one foot in the clouds and the other foot on the ground. How can I stay connected to this esoteric way of believing and being and seeing and intuiting while at the same time being practical and living in this earth and being on this planet, like that's what karmatically we were here to do is to live in the world and to utilize these teachings to be human in this world. And so much of our desire sometimes is to have other people realize that we are in this beautiful, magical, awakened place. We have this opportunity for awakening and for this utopia. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but but that's not everybody evolves at the same levels. People evolve at different capacities. And that's the beauty of having community is that every single person is evolving at different levels. And it doesn't mean that one is better than the other it just means that's what that is it means that this is just an opportunity for us to see all the different levels and to accept them and to approach them from a state of kindness and compassion as opposed to a place of judgment or insecure you know becoming insecure within ourselves so i think really having that vision first of all is important is to know that everybody evolves at a different capacity it's important to have the support i think at some points it is isolating and and for some of us sometimes isolating is a good thing you know but i, I talk a lot about having discernment you know that that's the biggest tool that we need in this process is to discern when it's time to expand and discern when it's time to retract and only you can 
know what that looks like. Yes. And it's all about mindfulness, essentially, like knowing what phase we are. Is it a period where we're being a hermit right now and isolating and going within? Or is it a period of expressing and how do we choose the right person? I feel that we, when we when we take the time to isolate and go within and connect with our intuition, then we know yeah. who to connect with rather than just frantically just sharing with everyone and then potentially getting hurt or believing like perceiving like we're being hurt yeah. but also knowing the bigger picture and knowing that everyone is on a different path and they're on their path and we are on our own oh my goodness rosie thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing all these fabulous tools with us i can't wait for everyone to experience the magic of your book you're radically loved can you please let everyone know where they can get the book from and where they can get in touch with you Yes, thank you. So, and thank you again for having me. Uh, you can get my book, You Are Radically Loved, anywhere books are sold, uh, or you can go to my website, radicallyloved.com, and you can get all the details there. Uh, if you click on the book, you'll see everywhere you can buy the book, Amazon, everywhere. You can get it anywhere. Thank you so much. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before you go, make sure to grab your free workbook to find your life purpose at georgelizas.com forward slash life purpose. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.